Good morning, good morning, good morning. Let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved, for this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. We have two young ladies that we will be baptizing and initiating as far as the family of God is concerned, and I believe that God deserves to be praised for that. Amen. So let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserve as we move forward this morning with the ordinance of baptism. We have one of our new deacons that's assisting me, uh, Deacon uh, Patricia Love, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, bringing these two young ladies as far as the family of God is concerned. Amen? Amen. we have before us Sister Deanna Lee. Let the church say amen. Sister Deanna, do you believe in God? All right. She said that with enthusiasm. And do you still want to be baptized and become a part of the St. Paul Church? All right. trying to make sure her hair is right. Y'all know how sisters are about their hair. Amen. We have before us Sister Zania Baker. Let the church say amen. Sister Zania, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And do you still want to be baptized and be a part of the Lord's Church here at St. Paul? give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. We're getting ready to start worship this morning. We're getting ready to start worship and as we prepare to start worship, um, we're already online and as we're online, I just want to, of course, welcome all of those who are watching us online as far as Facebook, YouTube, 
um, our church website or listening to us on the phone. Welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So do us a favor. If you are watching us on Facebook or YouTube, just send out an invite button to your personal network and allow for them to join in as far as that's concerned. If you're watching us online, if you would uh, listen to us online, if you would just text uh, the link of our worship service to others and invite them to join us as well. And if you don't mind, if you don't mind, uh, put it in the city and state where you're watching us. And if you want to be ever so bold, you could also take a picture and put it in the link as well. Amen. So we're getting ready to get started. Minister Ben, uh, Reverend Penn Pate is going to start us off as far as worship is concerned. And let's give God praise as he comes. Amen. Put those blessed hands together. Put those blessed hands together. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalms 36, verses 1 and 2. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. How many people are glad that God's mercy endures forever? Thank you, God, for everything that he does for us. So what we're going to do now, we're going to move forward in worship. and want you to stand on your feet and join us with our morning hymn, Come, O Expected Lord. Sherelle Greer. This is my husband, Joseph Greer. My son, Josiah. 
Taya Greer and my daughter, Jocelyn Greer. We are the Greer family. This morning marks the beginning of the season of Advent. The focus for the entire season of Advent is the birth of Jesus Christ and his first Advent. And in the anticipation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the return of Jesus Christ, Christ the King, and his second Advent. The spirit of Advent is marked by anticipation, expectation, and preparation. The evergreen reminds us that of the hope we have in God, the hope of awareness of renewal. The candles symbolize the light of God coming into the world through the birth of his son. The four candles symbolize the four centuries of waiting between the prophet Malachi and the birth of Christ. The white candle symbolizes the life of Jesus Christ. We light the first candle as a sign of our hope. We hope that even in this world, that at this time seem to have no hope. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. May we bow our eyes and, and close our heads for the prayer. Jesus, thank you for everything. Thank you for the provision. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for what you have given us that we deserve and the things that we don't deserve. Give us for your discernment, your wisdom, and knowledge. As you guide us in this season, as you lead us and order us our steps, we know that our strength comes from you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand praise for the Greer family and their presentation for Advent. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord.
I know that the weather is dreary outside and it is, as we would say, raining cats and dogs, but I believe that God still deserves a praise. We as Christians know that every day is a day of Thanksgiving and what an awesome time it is for us to even press our way to the house of the Lord as far as today is concerned. We have a wonderful, blessed privilege of being able to uh, usher in to the family of God two new disciples, and I'm going to ask that they will come at this time, Zaniah and Deanna, uh, so we can present them with Bibles and certificates. Let's give God praise as they come. Amen. What a wonderful joy it is. And Deanna, you, your uh, enthusiasm in the pool got me excited. Um, we thank God for you, and we want to present to you all two things. First of all, um, and I hope I can parlay this or share this to you in a way that you will get it. You've been baptized. You don't ever have to do this again. I want you to understand that if you are connected with St. Paul, we're going to help you to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus so that you will grow in the grace and knowledge of God. So today, you, we're giving you a certificate of baptism. Uh, make sure that you can get it framed, and we're giving you your own Bible that's especially designed for you to read. And so we want you to be part of one of our, um, our Sunday noon live, um, Sunday noon live service as far as Sunday school is concerned with our kids as well as other uh, ministries here at the church and our impact ministry. So this is your Bible and certificate of baptism. And we thank God for you, Deanna. And to my sister Zania, God bless you. Um, we have for you a certificate of baptism and a Bible especially designed for you. And we want you to connect with us as far as the church is concerned in a very meaningful way. Be part of our impact uh, worship, as well as uh, anything that is dealing with our our team. So I want to give this to you, and that's a very pretty Bible. I need to find out where Marilyn got this Bible from. I want me one of these Bibles. It's very pretty. Very pretty Bible, letter back, but it's your Bible. Mark it up. Um, uh, I want you to grow in the grace and the knowledge of God. And you have brothers and sisters all around now. And uh, we're certainly delighted and elated that you all are part of the St. Paul Church. So, St. Paul, can we stand on our feet and give God praise for Deanna and Zaniah? Amen. Amen. You may return to your seat. 
You may return to your seat. Amen. 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 As we move forward, as far as our worship experience is concerned, um, just a, uh, a few things I want to share with you all. First of all, I hope and pray that you all had a wonderful, blessed Thanksgiving uh, celebration with your family. We hope and pray that um, uh, your, your, your time with family and friends was, was well spent. Um, I know that um, the Lord just allowed for uh, Pierre Chairs and I to get back from Mississippi on yesterday. And, um, uh, of course, uh, it was just good to be home. Amen? So as we move forward, there's just a couple of things I want to share with you. As far as today's worship service is concerned, of course, we have uh, our toy drive. We're trying to raise $7,000 in donations, and we have raised uh, about $4,300 already. So let's give God praise for that. <laughs> Reverend Bernie shared with me that the Toys for Tots are expecting low numbers for donations this year and uh, have recommended for organizations to begin to seek alternative measures to make up the gap. We're trying to do that here as far as the church is concerned. And so um, uh, we pray that, that you all will be a blessing uh, as far as that's concerned. Also, just want to remind you all that on December the 9th uh, at 7 o'clock uh, p.m., we're having a St. Paul Marriage Ministry tune-up. Uh, it's a virtual event for married and engaged couples, and you are invited to attend. First Lady Pierre and I will offer uh, conversation, insight, and experience as we uh, talk with couples as far as evaluating and renewing their relationships. Come ready to interact with our spouse, with your spouse and other couples through our virtual experience. And every marriage can use a little maintenance. Amen? Amen. So we pray that you all will govern yourselves accordingly and um, um, uh, be a part of that particular sharing. Amen. As we move forward, as far as today's worship experience, I believe that we come to this worship moment with heavy hearts, with heavy hearts. Um, this church has been dealt a major blow in the loss of Deacon Nate Chambers. And uh, as we prepare to pray for that family, uh, he's the husband of Deacon Pat Chambers. His services are going to be this Saturday, December the 3rd, uh, here at St. Paul. The quiet hour is going to be at 11, and uh, the services will be at noon. I also got word today that um, Reverend Paul Miller has um, died as well, and information is pending as far as that is concerned, and we'll let you know about that as well. We want to lift up the family of Sister Janet uh, Michelle Martin, the daughter of Disciple Carolyn Martin. A memorial service was held Saturday, December the 3rd at Sacred Souls Community Church in Charlotte. Um, a service will be held, rather, Saturday, December the 3rd at Sacred Souls Community Church here in, in Charlotte. And that service will be at 2 p.m. We also want to lift up the family of Reverend Gordon E. Brody, the brother of Disciple Diane McPherson. And, of course, I just share with you the family of Reverend Paul Miller. He is the father of Sister Deborah Wilson 
and the father-in-law of disciple Joe Wilson, and those services are pending. Uh, there are persons that are on our sick and shut-in list that we want to be mindful of as we move forward in worship. Uh, Cleon Huntley, Ruth Lockett, Wayne Toberlin, uh, and of course, our pastor emeritus, Reverend Paul Drummond, and his wife, uh, Sister Thomasina Drummond. And there'll be other names that'll be scrolling up and down the list as far as our sick and shut-in is concerned that we would love for you to remember in your collective as well as in your individual prayer time. I'm going to ask that um, Reverend Ben Pate will come. He's going to lead us in the throne, uh, to take us to the throne of grace as far as prayer is concerned. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we come to you now with many that have heavy hearts. God, those that have worried minds and those that are just broken. God, there is so much going on in our world between school shootings, store shootings, and even violence that is captured on social media. God, we're living in a time where we need you more. Yes. We need your strength. We need your covering. We need your protection, especially for our young people. For our children, God, as they leave our homes, God, and come back. God, we pray a special prayer over them. Yes. God, we ask you that you cover and protect them and bring them back home because we are we understand we may be in the holiday season, but there's still trouble that's lurking. So, God, right now, we lift up to you the families that have been mentioned on the list, God, the Chambers family, God, the Miller family, God, the recent loss that this church has endured. God, we lift those family members up to you right now that you hold them and keep them. God, hold them, hold them tight, God, because you are the mender of the broken heart. So, God, we understand as you are mending and putting back their hearts, God, we understand that you are restoring their strength. You are restoring their minds. You are restoring their faith. So, God, as you continue to do what you only know how to do best. We trust and know that God, in your timing, you will make everything better. God, we pray for our church, God, as you continue to help us grow as a church family. We pray for our pastor, God, as you continue to guide him and lead him and strengthen him. God, continue to give him everything that he needs to lead us in the direction that we need to go. God, we submit our prayer to you knowing that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So we know, God, that you're working out things when we don't even know what you're working out. When we can't figure it out, you're working it out. So, God, we lift this up to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you believe that God is answering that prayer, can you give God praise right now? Amen. 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 As we prepare... At this time to receive the Lord's offering both online as well as in the house um, we're asking that you will at this time prepare to give there are several ways that you can give here at st. Paul Church the first one of course is by either mailing check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street Charlotte uh, 28205 or you could drop off check cash or money order here at the church uh, but if you would, do us a favor and call the church office at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering and place it in the safe. Another way you can give is through our online platforms through ACS or Church Life. 
or Vimeo. Then you can also give through Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app, connect to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. Also, if you have a physical offering in the house this morning, for those that are on the outer edges of your seating area, there should be a basket uh, right beside the pew. And uh, at the appropriate time, we're going to ask if you would take that basket and pass it to the inner aisle so that we can receive the Lord's offering. Amen? So however you're going to give this morning, however you're going to give this morning, I'm going to allow for others who are coming in to get seated. Uh, however you're going to give this morning, uh, we're asking that if you would, if you're able, to take your offering, place it in your right hand. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come right now and we thank you for the wonderful privilege of number one, being able to worship you, regardless of the weather. And part of our worship is our stewardship, our giving, regardless of the weather. And so, Lord, we come right now because we realize that we can't beat you giving no matter how hard we try. And we thank you, oh God, that we have something to give. So, Lord, if you would, take these gifts of ours and multiply them in a Godful way for those who are practicing the discipline of giving tithes and offerings. Bless them according to your word. For those who may not be at that level yet, God, increase their faith. And then, God, for those who feel like they don't have to give anything, anything, we pray that you will continue to convict them by the power of your Holy Spirit until they understand that you have given us the best and all you're asking is just for at least starting with 10%. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone that truly believes say amen. For those that have a physical offering, take the basket, place it in, and if you would, pass it down the aisle.
according to your riches in glory. Call you Jesus in the deep. 
Who needs a blessing this morning? Amen. Come on, let's give our sisters a round of applause for lifting up our souls with their gift of song and their presence today. Thank you so much for, for blessing us with that gift and uh, reminding us that the greatest blessing that any of us have is what God did for us through Jesus Christ. Our salvation is a blessing. Amen. 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 Today, I um, want to call your attention, um, talking about a blessing, I want to call your attention to 2 Kings chapter 5. I want to read verses 1 through uh, 14 for your hearing. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 5 verses 1 through 14. From the New King James Version of the Word of God, it reads like this, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel, then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. And when he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and seek how he and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. 
So it was when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went in with his horses and chariot and stood at the door of Elijah's house, and Elijah, Pastor Elijah sent a deacon to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? I'm not washing them and be clean. So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came to him and spoke to him, saying, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says for you, wash and be clean? So Naaman went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Amen. I want to preach for the time that is mine. The next move is on you. The, the next move is on you. I am convinced that in 2022, God is still able to work miracles. I'm I believe that. Um, I, I believe that God is still able to work miracles. God has the sovereign capacity to do something outside the bounds of the normal and beyond the realm of the natural to lift us from the doldrums, dysfunctions, and disasters of life. To believe in a miracle seemed foolish to some, as a matter of fact, some of you all may be looking at me with a side eye because miracles in 2022 aren't so commonplace. It seems far-fetched and, for some folks, rather impossible. Many of us can even try to explain miracles away. And some folks have issues with miracles because we live in this postmodern empirically based, technologically driven, scientific-oriented reality that will dispute and even negate the move of God in our midst. God will, if God sees fit, work a miracle in your life. And when God intervenes with a miracle, you and I have to admit that it's nobody but God. Now, what God is not going to do is overrule the natural order. God does not bypass reality. Rather, God embraces reality, and God will even use nature to reveal God's purpose, God's presence, and God's power, and God's prerogative. As a matter of fact, remember when God delivered the children from Israel, uh, God used the wind to part the Red Sea. I'm talking about nature, talking about nature. Remember when the children were complaining about 
having some water to drink when they were in a wilderness and God used a stick to hit a rock and water came out of the rock. God can operate within the bounds and the confines of nature to do something uh, supernatural and miraculous. Because all a miracle is, is God moving through signs, wonders, and power to demonstrate God's sovereignty over everything and everybody. As a matter of fact, a miracle is a work done by a sovereign God for a divine purpose by means that is beyond human beings. As a matter of fact, if you read the Bible closely, the Bible is nothing but a book of miracles. However, one of the issues with a miracle is God does not perform a miracle without human cooperation. Uh, humans have to be involved. Humans have to have faith. And I've discovered that a miracle is often connected to you being in relationship with somebody or another person. In other words, somebody has to know the someone who can do anything but fail. If faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, then faith has to push us to do our part so that God can do God's part. Even when God works in a miracle using nature, there is oftentimes human participation to make the miracle a working reality. If you don't believe me, all you got to do is read your Bible and you will soon discover God requires your activity. Remember when God parted the Red Sea? Moses had to stretch out his arms with a rod in it. Remember when God made the walls of Jericho crumble? The armies of Israel had to march around the walls for six days and on the seventh day, march seven times, blow some trumpets, and give a shout. Remember when God parted the Jordan River? The priests had to step in the water first with the Ark of the Covenant. Remember when God healed a lame brother who had been paralyzed for a long time? Jesus told him to rise, take up your bed, and start stepping. When a brother had a withered hand, Jesus said to him, stand up, stand here, and stretch forth your hand. Remember when a brother was blind since birth and he wanted his sight? Jesus spat on the ground, made what I call a pharmaceutical salve, put it on the man's eyes, told the man to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Remember when Jesus had to pay the temple tax? He told Peter, go down and fish. Drop a hook in the lake. The first fish you catch, open his mouth, and you're going to find a coin, and that coin is going to be more than enough to take care of our taxes. Remember when Jesus fed 5,000 men beside women and children. He did not pull fish and bread out the air. Rather, his disciples found a young boy that had five loaves and two fish, that boy brought his lunch to Jesus. Jesus started blessing it, and he started breaking it. And the more he blessed it, and the more he broke it, the more it multiplied. And the Bible says that there were enough left to fill 12 baskets with leftovers. I'm here to tell you, if you want a miracle, you got to do your part. 
The problem in today's culture in 2022 is that people want to be passive in their participation. You want to be passive in your healing, in your deliverance, in your breakthrough, in your liberation, and yes, even passive in your education. I know I'm make somebody mad, but that's all right. All you want to do is pray and then watch God do the rest. But God said, it makes no sense for you to pray and you not do what you can do. Oh, I know I'm getting it. You know what? I'm so glad there ain't a whole lot of folks at church right now because they'll walk out in the rain. Because I'm about to say, because all some of us want to do is come to church, jump and shout, and tell Lord, you fix it. All you want to do is lift up your hands and worship and praise God and cry and expect God to make a way out of no way. But if your worship, if your prayer, if your praise don't prompt you to participate with God and do your part, you ain't serious about liberation. You're not serious about redemption. You're not serious about salvation. You are not serious about a miracle. You are not serious about making the shift necessary. To go to the next level. And I would dare say that if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you just might miss the miracle God wants to work in your life. I do feel like preaching today. Uh, this is the case with the Syrian general by the name of Naaman. Naaman was a brave commander who was a fierce fighter. He had the favor of God on his life because even though he was a Syrian and even though he was Israel's enemy, God gave him victory. Uh, he was considered by today's standard to be a five-star general. He was well-decorated. He was highly respected, but he was a leper. Uh -huh. Let me say that again. He was a five-star general. He was highly decorated. He was well-respected, but he was a leper. I'm, let me do this one more time for the Holy Ghost. He was a five-star general. He was well-decorated. He was highly respected, but he was a leper. Now, the reason you can't understand or shout on the fact that he was all this stuff but a leper was because if you were a leper, you weren't even supposed to be out among the crowd. So how is it that this brother, who was a five-star general and well-decorated and highly respected, but he was a leper, how is it that he was able to navigate with this disease where he should have been quarantined? Because sometimes when you're really flowing and what you're supposed to flow, folks will overlook some stuff. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. That, that is going on in your life that will oftentimes keep others who don't have it going on in the backdrop. See, see, back then, leprosy, according to Israel's customs, required quarantine for those who were part of the nation of Israel. And if you were a leper, whenever you came around, you were supposed to holler out, unclean, unclean. But oh, not Naaman. Naaman was a five-star general. He was well-decorated. He was highly respected. And nowhere in the text did I ever see him hollering out, unclean, unclean. His warfare skills allowed for him to rise through the ranks. It's, it's, believed, it's believed that Naaman was the one who killed Ahab, the husband of Jezebel. But he was a leper. Uh, in other words, his disease should have made him ineligible and placed him in isolation. But a general of high regard and rank, we are told in the scripture, how Naaman's army captured a young girl from Israel. 
she becomes the servant of Naaman's wife. One day having a conversation with her boss lady, uh, the maid told Mrs. Naaman there was a prophet down in Samaria who could heal Naaman of his leprosy. Now, this little girl had major faith. Notice she didn't, she didn't say could heal. And notice she didn't say should heal, but she said would heal. Boy, you're going to learn how to shout on verbs in just a moment. Uh, could is maybe, should, might be, but would is, it's going to happen. She, she was certain that if, if Naaman could get to Elijah, he would be all right. Maybe, just, just maybe this young girl had heard about some of the other miracles <laughs> that, that Elijah had worked. Uh, faith comes by hearing. And, and yeah, hearing the, the word of God. Maybe she heard about the time when, when Naaman used a new bowl and put some salt in it and purified the waters of the city where the people had resided because the lime had poisoned the water. Maybe she had heard about the time when the woman was about to have her son sold into slavery and Elijah told her to go and gather as many vessels as she could and pour from a jar of oil that she had and she filled so many jars until she was able to sell them, pay off her debts, and live off the rest. Maybe, maybe she had heard the time when Elijah had a valley full of ditches to be filled with water and there was no rain. Maybe, maybe she had heard when some uh, recalcitrant young people were talking about him and calling him the bald-headed prophet, how he sick the barrel on him and he took all 40-something folks out. Uh, I don't know what she heard, but I know she heard enough to say that if you could just get him to Elijah, the prophet, the man of God, he could be healed. Now, 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 Naaman wasn't the only person back then that had leprosy, uh, and, and, uh, and they didn't get healed, but, but she believed that if, that if Naaman could get to Elijah, uh, he could be healed. Naaman is the only one we read about in the Old Testament that was healed of leprosy as far as this situation is concerned. Naaman goes to his boss, King Benadad. King Benadad prepares a letter to send to Joram, king of Israel. And he gave a great offering as well. 750 pounds of silver. 150 pounds of gold. And 10 sets of clothing from Neiman Marcus. He sends the letter telling the king of Israel, watch this, to heal his general. When Joram, king of Israel, got the letter... He went into a rage. He, he, he had a fit. He thought Benadad wanted to start a war. But when Elisha got word about Joram, the king, tearing his clothes, Elijah sent word to the king telling him to tell Naaman to come down and see him and they shall know that there's a prophet down in Israel. Well, uh, Naaman, he like, uh, okay. Naaman makes his way down to Elijah's parsonage. Elijah did not even come out. All Elijah did was send some instructions to Naaman to go and wash in the Jordan River seven times. Naaman got angry. Naaman was incensed. 
And if I could, let me give you my interpretation of what I thought Naaman said. Can't you see Naaman like some church folks? Doesn't he know who I am? Doesn't he know I'm a general of a great army? Doesn't he know I'm like the Colin Powell of your day? Does, does he not know I'm like General Lord Austin, the Secretary of Defense? Doesn't he know I got some gifts for him? I don't know why he won't come out here, wave his hand over me, and call on his, on his God to heal me of leprosy. And on top of that, this dude gonna send me to the dirty Jordan talking about wash seven times. Our waters back in Damascus are way better than the Jordan. Forget this. I'm going back home. But one of his servants said, man, listen. If Elijah had wanted you to do something difficult, would you do it? If Elijah told you to spin around seven times, would you do it? If Elijah told you to do backflips down the aisle of St. Paul, would you do it? So, so what's so hard about washing in the Jordan. Elijah gave a word, but Naaman had to make the next move. <laughs> the miracle God wanted to work on Naaman's behalf would not take place until Naaman went to the river Jordan, got out of his clothes, got into the water, and dipped seven times. But you cannot get to the place of your miracle until you appreciate and recognize how God will strategically place people in your life to help you experience what God wants you to have in your life. So if the next move is on you, God has already put some people around you to help you to get to the next move. As a matter of fact, I'm one of the people God has put in your life to help you to get to the next move. What are some key people you need to have by your side to make the next major move in your life. Here it is. First of all, you need a purposeful initiator in your life. That's in verses 1 through 4. Naaman's greatness, watch this, did not diminish the fact that Naaman was a leper. And I'm here to let somebody know, I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care how much money you have in your bank account. I don't care what neighborhood you live in. All of us in here got something that could disqualify God's grace being in our lives. Ooh, you missed your shout cue. I, 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 know, I know some of us think that we got it going on, but if we scratch beneath the surface and we ain't even got to go that deep, all of us in here got something that if God wanted to, God could withhold God's grace from us. Now, y'all don't want me to start calling names in here. You all don't want me to start calling the roll in here because every one of us in here from the choir stand through the pulpit to the back door got our butt in our lives. And can I tell you what your biggest butt is? Your biggest butt is you are a sinner, but you've been saved by grace. And when you understand that you are a sinner, but you've been saved by grace, that ought to give God, you ought to give God praise because guess what? You did not get saved on your own. Somebody came alone and told you about the goodness of Jesus and you said, I want to know that man from Galilee. Boy, y'all going to make me preach. Don't, don't push me too fast. 
I, I, I missed sharing with y'all on last Sunday, but, but, but don't push me too fast. Here it is. Check this out. Naaman's greatness did not diminish the fact that he was a leper. However, he did not know that he had a blessing situated in his midst. This unnamed young girl will become the initiator for Naaman's blessing. <laughs> she, 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 she mentioned to Mrs. Naaman uh, how there's a prophet down in Israel that would heal Naaman. This unnamed young sister had major faith to believe Elijah had the power of God to help Naaman. Now, we're not told how Naaman got the word about Elijah. Maybe he overheard the conversations between this unnamed young sister and Naaman's wife. Maybe Mrs. Naaman and Pillow Talk shared with him about Elijah. I, I, I don't know what it is, but I will say, had it not been for this unnamed young girl, Naaman might not have gotten the blessing that Naaman was getting ready to get. And I want to suggest this morning that for all of us, that God will put some people in your life whose names may never be called by the rich and famous, but had it not been for them, you would not be where you are right now. I'm so glad that God can use young folk. Help me preach this thing. Uh, I, I, I'm so glad that God can use young folks to bring about blessings and miracles and breakthroughs only if we open ourselves up to hear what they have to say. You, see, 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 I, I know, I know a whole lot of folks in here, uh, uh, 67 to 80, 50, uh, and you think young folks don't know nothing about God? I want to submit to you, there's a whole lot of young folk know something about the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. As a matter of fact, I want to suggest it's a whole lot of young folk that know Jesus Christ on a first name basis. And just because they don't do it like you don't mean they don't know who Jesus is. This, this, this young girl, this unnamed young girl had crazy faith to believe that if Naaman could just connect with Elijah, his leprosy would be healed. Don't you discount young people just because they have not lived as long as you have lived. However, let me add this caveat. Young people, don't dismiss the elders because they have sat where you are trying to sit. They have walked the path you're getting ready to walk and they blazed the trails you're trying to go through right now. It takes all of us to get this thing right. So Naaman goes to the king of Syria to get traveling papers to give to the king of Israel. Israel, at this time in her history, is not on good terms with God. They, uh, they've been worshiping some, some strange gods. King of Syria, though, did not understand prophetic protocol. He sends Naaman to the king and wanted the king to heal Naaman of leprosy. But the king don't have that type of power to bring about the change Naaman needs. Let me do a sidebar right now. While the government can do some stuff, it's some stuff the government can't bring that our communities need when it comes to healing and liberation. Uh, some stuff Joe Biden and Kamala Harris can't do. Some stuff we know the Republicans ain't gonna do. But I'm told 
by Solomon in 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal the land. I declare right now what our country needs, what our city needs, what our county needs, what our state needs, what our world needs. Oh God, I feel this thing coming. Uh, 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 the last thing we need is for uh, the government to tell us or give rich folks another tax break. What we need as a people is to turn our face back to God. Tell the Lord, Lord, we're sorry. We know we messed up. We know we've fallen short. We know we haven't dotted every eye. We haven't crossed every... I wish I had some folks in the house. I'll be the first to admit, there's some stuff all of us in here need to repent of, need to ask God to forgive us for, so that we can get the healing that God wants to bring to our land. King of Israel. Ooh, he didn't have the power. To heal Naaman. And I want to say right now, I know somebody gonna get mad. The Democrats ain't got the power to heal this country. The Republicans ain't got the power to heal this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's getting real quiet in here, ain't it? Yeah. The, the, the far left ain't got the power to heal this country. And the far right ain't got the power to heal this country. The banking institutions does not have the power to heal this country. Our fraternities and sororities do not have the power to heal this country. But I still believe, oh God help me, I know, I still believe that if you get a few of God's remnant, a few of God's folks that will come together have a little talk with Jesus and tell him all about our troubles. Won't he hear our faintest cry? And won't he answer by and by? When you see a little prayer wheel turning and you know a little fire is burning, you will find a little talk with Jesus will make everything all right. I, I need about 10 of y'all, I'll make 11, that know that when you put it in the hands of the Lord, won't the Lord fix it? And he may not come when you want him to come, but I believe I got a few folks on a rainy Sunday after Thanksgiving that know he's always on time. Elijah steps in to the narrative and he leads us to the next move of God. So, so watch this. Not only do you need a purposeful initiator, but then you need a persistent instructor to tell you what to do. That's in verses 5 and 10. Notice how Naaman, check this out, followed the advice of the little girl, but he misunderstood what she said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She didn't tell Naaman to go to the king. <laughs> she told Naaman to go to the prophet. Joram couldn't do nothing for Naaman. All he did was gripe about not being God. But the reason he griped about not being God and the reason he couldn't do 
anything was because he wasn't in right fellowship with God in the first place. He, he didn't have the power to make a significant change. <clears throat> However, when Elijah heard that the king of Israel was about to lose it, he sent word to tell Naaman, come by my house. And notice what Elijah said. Elijah said, then Naaman will know. <laughs> then Naaman would know that there's a prophet in Israel. The purpose of the prophet is speak to the people on God's behalf. The role of the prophet is to give instructions to the people of God on what God will have for them to do. And the reason that we can't get anywhere is because we don't want prophets. Ooh, I don't know if I should say this. We want entertainers. We don't want prophets. We want folks that's going to tickle our ear and tell us when our breakthrough going to come and tell us when our miracle going to come and tell us if we spin around and tell, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. That ain't nowhere in scripture. We don't want prophets. We want to be entertained. We don't want prophets. We don't want folks telling us, yeah, you know what? What you did was really foul. We don't want folks telling us right from wrong. We want folks to entertain. We want folks to soothe us in our dysfunction. I preached 17 months to an empty congregation. If you don't say amen, I'm good with it. But today I am on a pastoral assignment because as pastor I'm called to be both priest and prophet. As priest, I speak to God for the people. But as prophet, I speak to the people for God. And I'm here to let you know right now that some of you will not get what God wants for you to do until you do what the word of God tells you to do. Naaman gets his entourage, his horses, his chariots, his security detail. They go down to Elijah's house. Let me, if I could, put it in today's language. Naaman get in his black SUVs, got his security detail, and they zoom in on the dusty road to Elijah's house. And when he get there, Elijah don't even come out. Elijah wasn't impressed with the display of money and cars and power. This is because Naaman was connected to the king of Syria. But Elijah was connected to the king of kings and the God of the universe. And I'm here to remind somebody that our God is bigger than any king, queen, president, or prime minister. This is what Elijah did. Elijah sent out some instructions. Go wash in the Jordan seven times and you'll be good. Naaman, if you do what I tell you to do, you'll be healed of your leprosy. Naaman, if you do what I tell you to do, you're going to be all right. However, can I tell you the cure for his leprosy was not found in the Jordan River. Uh That went over some of y'all's head. The cure for Naaman's disease was found in his obedience to the instructions. 
Naaman was just like most church folks. Got highly incensed. Can you see this highly decorated general, second in command in Syria. As we would say in Mississippi, he was hot as fish grease. But all he had to do was follow simple instructions. Wasn't nothing complicated about going down to the joint. Simple instructions and Naaman started clowning. Simple instructions, Naaman started tripping. Can't you see Naaman? Hold up. Wait a minute. This is not proper protocol. This is totally unacceptable. Don't he know who I am? He didn't even come out and shake my hand. <laughs> yeah. he, 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 he didn't even come out and say hello to me. He, he didn't even come out. And go, Don't he know who I am? All he going to do is send me some instructions by the deacon. And he going to come out here and say something to me. You, you mean? Pastor Scott, I mean, Pastor Elijah didn't come out and wave his hand over me. Didn't say some super spiritual chant over me. Didn't speak in tongues, just gave me some simple instructions. And too many of us right now going to miss the move of God because we failed to follow simple instructions. It ain't complicated. It ain't that hard. It's very simple. It is unbelievably simple. But they got the blessings that God wants to give you. Simple instructions. Remember in Genesis 2.16, when God made Adam, he said, you can eat of every tree in the garden, but the tree of the knowledge, good or evil, don't you touch it. Don't eat from it. Because the moment you eat from it, you shall surely die. Simple instructions. Simple instructions. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out into your own understanding. Acknowledge God in all your ways and he shall direct your path. Simple instructions. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen that heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Simple instructions. Simple instructions. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be Food in my house, says the Lord, and try me in this. If I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing, that you won't have room enough to receive it. Simple instructions. Simple instructions. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. Simple instructions. Simple instructions. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all its righteousness and I will add everything else unto you. Simple instructions, y'all. Simple instructions. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you shall be saved. Simple instructions. How many of us today on the Sunday after Thanksgiving have missed our blessings, missed our promotions, missed our connection because we don't follow simple instructions. Simple instructions, you all. Be on time for work. 
if you can't come, make a phone call. Don't take something without letting somebody know. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Believe God raised Jesus from the dead. Confess your need for a Savior. Join a church. Come to church. Attend Bible study, prayer meeting, Sunday school. Grow. Simple instructions. And we miss it because we think we can do this on our own. When the prophet's trying to give you simple instructions. Let me get out of the way because I've held y'all too long. Finally, you need a positive influencer to help you stay on track. That's in verses 11 through 14. The unnamed servant girl tells Mrs. Naaman about Elijah. He gets word. He goes to Elijah's house. When he gets down there, he gets knocked out of kilter because Elijah doesn't do what he thought Elijah should have done. Gave him some simple instructions. And he was about to miss the blessing until an unnamed servant of his said, wait a minute, bro. Pouting Naaman. I thought he was going to at least come out and wave his hand over me. Pouting neighbor. I was looking for abracadabra. Pouting neighbor. I was looking for some fireworks. Pouting neighbor. I was looking for 10 complicated steps to transform my ontological being and live my existential reality. I wanted some rules to follow that were very difficult. This is crazy. But when you got somebody in your life that will influence you and talk you off the ledge, you need to give God praise for that. You got to have somebody that's close to you that's got your ear. You got to have somebody in your corner who will listen to you but not co-sign on your craziness. You got to have somebody that can talk some sense into you. And a lot of times the folks with the most sense don't have as much going on as you do. His servant said, now boss, if preacher man had told you to go do something greater, would you not have done it? What is it going to hurt you to go and wash in the Jordan River? Because you bathed in the rivers of Damascus, and if they could have healed you, we would not be here right now. Your healing is not in the waters of Damascus. Your healing is not even in the Jordan River. Your healing is in you doing what the prophet of God told you to do. The servant was far better than Naaman and knew far better than Naaman the true and living God and how God operates. But I discovered as I get ready to go take my seat that there's a difference between God's way and our way. Yeah. Um, Notice in the text that Naaman did not need to go to the hospital. Naaman did not need to get to the emergency room. Naaman did not need an organ transplant. Naaman did not need a stent in his heart. Naaman did not need a blood transfusion. Naaman did not need an oxygen mask. Naaman did not need an inhaler. Naaman did not need a ventilator. Naaman did not need surgery. Naaman did not need vaccination. As a matter of fact, Naaman did not even need prayer. (laughs) 
All Naaman needed to do was obey. Go wash in the Jordan River seven times and you'll be all right. Let me say something that I'm getting ready to take my seat. The problem with so many of us is we want to use prayer as an excuse for inaction. It does no good for you to pray if you ain't going to get up and do something. But I'm so glad that this unnamed servant influenced Naaman to go down to the Jordan. But notice the servant did not change Elijah's instructions. And I'm here to let you know that in 2022 that God does not change God's requirements for us just because we don't like God's methods. You better make sure you got the right person talking in your ear. You better make sure you got the right person that's got some sense that could tell you the ways of God because a positive influencer will tell you when you're right and they'll tell you when you're wrong. A positive influencer will see you about to do something stupid and say, hey, you don't want to do that right now. Can I get real with y'all? As I get ready to go and take my seat. See, when you got a positive influencer, that person may say, hey man, you don't need to call her back. When you got a positive influencer, she may say, hey sister girl, you need to leave him alone. Uh, somebody may say you need to walk away before you say something you have no business saying. Uh, had it not been for some positive influencers, you would have gotten in the car and you would be dead right now. When you got a positive influencer, they'll tell you don't press send on that text message. They'll tell you don't send that tweet, don't put that on Snapchat, don't put that on the gram, delete the sexting from your phone, don't post that on Facebook. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad that I had some folks in my life that were able to talk me off the ledge before I did something real stupid. And I believe I got nine other people around here that ain't afraid to testify. Had not the Lord put some folks in your life, you would have been up the creek without a boat and a paddle and not know how to swim. Y'all got to excuse me, but my Mississippi done caught up with me. Is there anybody here that's glad that God put some folks in your life that knew how to get a prayer through? Is there anybody glad that somebody prayed for you, had you on their mind, took the time and prayed for you? Because I would declare right now that none of us would be where we are had not somebody talked some sense into us. Well, St. Paul, Naaman was about to send Elijah a crazy text message and tell him he could go where the summers are perpetual and the cool winds never blow. But aren't you glad that Naaman was influenced by a servant to go and wash in the Jordan? He was told to go and wash in the Jordan seven times. And I don't know why he was told to wash seven times instead of three times or four times. But I do know that when God tells you to do something, you better do it totally. You better do it absolutely. You better do it fully. 
and you better do it completely. Is there anybody in here that know allegiance to God must be fully and complete? One of my favorite preachers, Dr. Carolyn Ann Knight, helps me to close this thing. So we see the leper by the name of Naaman go down to the Jordan River, strip out of his clothes, took off his war gear, and got into the Jordan River, dipped one time, and nothing happened. Not one time, Naaman, seven times. Naaman went down two times, and nothing happened. Not two times, Naaman's, but seven times. Naaman went down three times, and nothing happened. Not three times, Naaman, seven times. Naaman went down four times. His skin began to tingle. Not four times, Naaman, seven times. Naaman went down five times. He began to see the spots leave. Not five times, Naaman, seven times. Don't be satisfied with being a little healed. Don't be satisfied with being a little blessed. Don't be satisfied with being a little holy. Naaman went down six times and began to look a whole lot better. But not six times, Naaman, seven times. But then Naaman went down, stirred in the water seven times. And when he came back up, he looked like a baby's bottom clear as crystal. Is there anybody here that can give God praise? In other words, God did even more than just heal him of leprosy. God restored his flesh until it was as smooth as a baby. Good morning, St. Paul. May the Lord bless you real good when you do what the Lord tells you to do. Won't God bless you? Won't God heal you? Won't God deliver you? Won't God set you free when you do what the Lord tells you to do? God is more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Do I have anybody in the church right now? They ain't afraid to give God praise because he's worked some miracles in your life. I'll see y'all later. May the Lord bless you real good. But the next move is on you. Go back to school. Apply for the job. Start your business. Drop the craziness. Delete the foolishness. Get over the breakup. Stop crying over the divorce. Join the church. Become active. Give God praise. Worship our God. Thank the Lord. Bless our God. Love our God. Live for our God. And won't God do the miraculous in your life? Do I have anybody on a Sunday after Thanksgiving? They ain't afraid to give God thanks for all he's done. They ain't afraid 
to give God praise for what he's doing and if you know he did it before then you ought to know he can do it again so I need some folks who are beyond giving God praise for what he's done in the past and you're beyond giving God praise for what he's doing right now I need some folks at the St. Paul Church that can give God an anticipatory praise for what he's going to do in your future you may not have it now but you want to give God praise like you have what you've been asking God for and if you confess it and if you faith it God will in God's time bring it to pass I'll see y'all later but I need some folks in the house right now that know that God has worked a miracle in your life and I need some folks in the house right now that know that God can work a miracle in your life and if you know God can you ought to give him praise like you know he will he may not come when you want him to come but he's always on time say yes good God almighty say yes say yes won't he do it won't he fix it ain't he able to make a way out of no way say yes say yes yes the next move is on you Stop expecting God to do for you what you can do. Help me preach this thing for yourself. You want a miracle? You want a blessing? You want healing? Got to do your part. Then watch God fill in the gaps. I am a living, walking, breathing testament of what happens when you listen and faithfully follow the instructions of God. will forget I, I'm gonna be transparent I never forget when I was coming here when I was coming here and I was working out some details and I was becoming frustrated because things weren't moving as fast as I wanted them to move I had two brothers call me and talk me off the ledge and, and they talked me off the ledge and had they not talked me off the ledge I would not be blessed 
by your presence. Let me say that again. I ain't saying you blessed by mine. I said I would not be blessed by your presence in my life. God has some folks in your ear that you trust. And watch this. And, 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 and when they start telling you the right thing, being that positive influence, and, and God confirms it in your spirit, you go like, yeah, I know. Who was this sermon for today? Listen, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. I want you to pray this prayer. Deacons come. Deacons come. I want you to pray this prayer after me and then and if this prayer fits you I'm going to come with some, some other things all heads bowed and repeat this prayer after me God I thank you that the greatest miracle you have to offer is salvation I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins I believe he died on the cross and I believe three days later you raised him from the dead. I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Send your Holy Spirit into my life. Make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. Keep those hands bowed just for a moment. Next move is on you. Hear me and hear me well. If you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer in your head in your heart your mind and your spirit and you're not sure where you stand with God you, or you've never been baptized or you've never confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior but you prayed that prayer and you're going like yeah I need to I need to do something different if that's you I want you to hear, hear me and follow this instruction if that's you you need a relationship with God a for real relationship with God hold up your hand right now if that's you if that's you hold up your hand right now if that's you hold up your hand hold up your hand Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. If you're in the house, hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Because next move is on you. Next move is on you. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. If you prayed that prayer and you're going like, I need God in my life for real, just hold up your hand. 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 Amen. Here's my second call. If you're here right now, well, if you're watching us online, you prayed that prayer. You're watching us online. You prayed that prayer. And if you're on Facebook or YouTube, I want you to type in the chat, Salvation. Next move is on you. One hour, digital minister is going to reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. If you're watching us as far as on YouTube or listening to us on telephone and you heard that prayer is meant for you, I want you to call the office at 704-334-5309. Or email us at connect at spbcnc.org. Leave your name and your number. And by 5 o'clock tomorrow, somebody's going to reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are because the next move is on you. Amen. If you're here and you're saying, listen, Pastor, I'm already saved. I know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of my sin. But I don't have a church home. I've just been bouncing around from place to place. Uh, I want you to know next move is on you can't do this work in isolation and Jesus established the church and with all her faults Jesus is coming back for the church and I would love to be your pastor these men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ so if that's you you're in the house right now you don't have a church home you're looking for a place to connect to belong to be lifted to be inspired to work and to grow I would love for you to make St. Paul your church home 
I would love to be your pastor. If that's you, would you hold up your hand right now? Would you hold up your hand? You look for a church home, a place to belong. Would you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand. 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 Now it's your chance. Now it's your opportunity. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Amen. If you're watching us online, if you're watching us online on Vimeo or on Facebook, if you would just type in the chat, connect. And when our digital ministers reach out to you, or if you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the telephone, call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and a good contact number. And somebody's going to reach out to you about 5 o'clock tomorrow and let you know how you can become a part of the St. Paul Church. Amen. We've done as commanded, and yet there's still room at the cross. Amen. We give God praise for what God has done. The word has been sown. Let us stand as we prepare to leave from this place. want you all to be safe as we prepare to leave. Again, I want to remind us that the homegoing celebration for Deacon Nate Chambers is going to be this Saturday. Five hours at 11. Services will be at noon. We're going to keep Deacon Pat lifted up in our prayers. Amen, as far as that's concerned. As well as other losses as far as our church family is concerned. Amen. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. God, we thank you because we realize that even as we walk out from this place, it's a miracle. And Lord, as we go and we leave from this place, but never from your presence, keep us in your sovereign care. And then God, throughout this week, let us engage in the work, word, and witness as far as what you would have for us to do. Lord, empower us empower us to leave to go serve and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of God with all exceeding joy don't wise God our Savior be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forevermore we're going to sing the doxology praise God from whom all blessings flow
love you. God loves you even more. Be safe out there.